I want to say good morning, Lockwood. Good morning. Are you glad to be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. And in God's house. Well, I'm privileged to uh, be here this morning. And we are going to talk about the 23rd Psalm, and I'm going to go back to the King James Version. But uh, our call to worship, we wanted to hear it in uh, just a little bit different uh, verbiage. And, uh, and uh, thus, we went with the NIV. But how many of you today know the 23rd Psalm by heart? Well, how many of you have at least heard of the 23rd Psalm? All right, that's better. Most of us do. In fact, not only Christians, but non-believers have heard and know the 23rd Psalm, uh, what we call the Good Shepherd Psalm. Um, non-believers have heard it and, and uh, they know it, but I, I always ask the question, why does a non-believer know the 23rd Psalm? And why do Christians, more than any other part of the Bible, other than maybe John 3.16, know it by heart. So I ask that question, why? Why do so many Christians and non-Christians alike know about the 23rd Psalm and call it the Shepherd's Psalm? Well, the answer that I got was I think it is because like no other psalm or any other biblical, uh, I'll try to stay by the mic, uh, biblical writing, um, that it shows the heart of, the, of our God. And um, knowing the heart of God brings a sense of peace, I believe, to all of us, a sense of comfort, and a sense of hope. And without hope, what are we doing here, amen? Or oh my. Even in the midst of troubles, we can, we can draw close to the heart of God. Now, I believe in the psalm, there are 16 keys to, unlock, to unlocking the heart of God. So that means this morning, we're going to have 16 points. Now, if any of you know anything about public speaking, that means about 10 minutes to, uh, to bring out each point. I will have you out before dinner. Next week, <laughs> I heard that. Well, God's showing us how much, I, I should say, the heart of God shows us how much God loves us and how much he cares for us. So with these 16 points, I want to quickly go over them. No, we're not going to take 10 minutes. Uh, but key number one, the Lord is my shepherd. That shows relationship. And I want us to think about that relationship because Christianity is all about the relationship that we have with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? Yeah, I, you, you all can respond. All right, keeps you awake that way. Uh, from the very beginning of creation, God wanted to commune with us. He wanted that, that, that sense of community to be in it, to, in it. Yeah, he wanted to be personal with us. Didn't get that other word out. With all mankind. That was his intention. Did Adam and Eve, before the fall, did, did uh, God not walk and talk and commune with them? Yes. Why? Because he wanted to be intimate. Aha, got it. Now, a shepherd had a very close relationship to his sheep. And we need to understand that. We need to, to go back into biblical times when the shepherd was out on the hill with, with the sheep. He basically lived with his sheep. He ate with his sheep. He slept with them and he provided for them. 
And as we know, Jesus is many times referred to as the good shepherd. And Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 9, says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. That's how much God loves each and every one of us. Abide, commune, fellowship at the deepest level. For the married folks in this audience, it's even deeper than the relationship that you have with your spouse. That's the kind of relationship God wants for us, to abide and to commune. Now, because of this relationship, we have the rest of the keys to God's heart. Key number two, I shall not want. That shows supply. Simply put, God loves us so much that his desire is to supply all of our needs. Praise the Lord. Now, I didn't say uh, a new boat or, or a new car. That might not be your need. But God wants to supply to each and every one of us what we need. <clears throat> and that means physically, emotionally, spiritually, and even socially. But we need to abide in our Lord Christ Jesus. And that is because of that relationship that we have with him. Now John 15, 7 and 8 says this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father, this is important, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So to be in Christ and to have a relationship that will meet our needs, we must be in God's word. And what's the benefit? This is the good part. We will bear much fruit we will be productive with our lives, and it will be pleasing to God. Praise the Lord. Amen? I lost you already. Amen? There we go. That's much better. Key number three. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. That is rest and refreshment. Hopefully Shane and the family are, are really getting that this morning. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am grateful and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God doesn't wish us to be stressed out doesn't wish us to live a life of anguish. God doesn't want us to be weary or frustrated or troubled. He doesn't even want you to fear. Those are things of a fallen and, and sinful world that we live in. Thus, God invites us into this relationship where we can rest in and upon him. And to that, we can all say, praise the Lord. There you go. You're catching on. Key number four. He restores my soul, or he restoreth my soul. That's healing. And that's the best kind of healing that we can receive. Now, if we are honest, oh yeah, I'm speaking to Christians here, but if we are honest with ourselves, 
From time to time, we get bruised by stress and temptation of this sinful world that we live in. That's just the facts of life. And since we are human, from time to time, we are going to fall and, and sometimes even enter into sin. That's another fact of life. Amen or oh my? Who said amen? Amen or oh my? Oh my means, yeah, that happened to me. Okay. Thus, we need to be restored. It says in Hebrews 8.12, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Folks, that is all about healing, healing that only God can give. It is absolute restoration. Now, key five. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. I like this one because it's guidance. See, God loves us so much that he does not want us to be wandering in the wilderness. Thus, God has given us his Holy Spirit and his written word that that we might be able to live a righteous life. Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 14, verses 26 through 27, The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Thus, the Holy Spirit is going to to lead us and direct us and to teach us. Why? Because of that loving, caring relationship that uh, that God wants with each and every one of us. Hebrews 4, 11, and 12 says this, Let us make every effort to enter God's rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. That's the old sinful way that we came out of. For the word of God is living and active through the Holy Spirit. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. What does that mean? (laughs) We, if we are in Christ, have no excuse. Why? Because God has given us enough to direct our lives and our paths. And to that, we can praise the Lord. But the question is, is why? Why would God do that? Because he loves us. Praise the Lord. Key number six. For his namesake. That's purpose. And I get excited about this. Our lives have purpose. Your lives have purpose. We all have a mission. And it's much more than just day-to-day existing and, and procreating. God, for his glory, has a desire for each of us to fulfill. Did you hear that? You have a mission. You have a purpose I always say it's becoming all that God desires us to be. I'm not sure what that is for you as an individual, but God does. And as you draw close to him in this relationship, you, you, your gifts will come uh, to you, and, and he will direct you in the ways that he would have you to go. For me, I believe from the time of my uh, conversion that God wanted me to be a pastor and and to share the good news, as a little boy, you should have seen me go up and down the street to all the kids that, that lived on my block. 
Thus he gifted me accordingly. Why? So that I might bring him glory and to serve the king. And that should be the desire of our hearts. Now the truth, God has a purpose for every believer who enters his loving relationship. Philippians 2.13 says this, It is God who works in you to will and to act accordingly uh, to his good purpose. Have you found your purpose? Key number seven. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Folks, that's testing. Moses said in Exodus 20, 20, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. Hmm. Interesting verse. But here's the truth. We all go through the valleys of the shadow of death in our, in our own lives. Um, we all have struggles and hard times from time to time. Thus, God allows Satan to test our faith. Did you ever think of that? Remember that Satan asked God if, if he could test Job, and Satan argued that it was only because of God's blessing on Job that Job would follow him and worship him. Thus God allowed testing, and Satan took everything away from Job, except his nagging wife and a few dumb friends. Why? Why would God test us? Well, I believe that uh, God wants us, or God wants to know that we love him of our own free will. It's not because of our necessarily provisions that he is giving to us in this relationship. Thus, it was a test of Job's heart. And his response is found in Job 1, 20 and 21. And Job got up, he tore his robe, he shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and he said this, and this is the most important part that God's looking for. Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Amen? In our response to the testings that we have in our life, we show our faith and commitment uh, to God's loving relationship uh, with us. Now, key eight. I will fear no evil. That's protection. Even though we are tested by Satan... Even though we go through rough times and hard times, God is with us always. When we have this relationship with God, there is nothing to fear. Nothing. Amen? Apostle Paul says this in Romans 8, 31, uh, 31 through 38. If God is with us, or if God is for us, I should say, who can be against us? Shall... Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Praise the Lord. Isn't that, isn't that great news? And then in Psalms 
18, I love what the psalmist said. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. Again, we need to be faithful, and in return, God will protect us every day of our life. Key number nine, for thou art with me. That's faithfulness. God is good, and God is always faithful down through the ages. Psalms 86, 15 says this, You, O Lord, are a compassionate and generous, or gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And then in Psalm 100, one of my favorite psalms, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generation. God is the same today as he was yesterday, and he's going to be the same tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Now, when we learn the heart of God, and we are in that loving, caring relationship with Christ, the, the Lord is always with us. And we need to understand that. He never leaves you or forsakes you. Praise the Lord. The apostle says in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. Folks, here's the truth. God is here right now. Amen? He's that close. And that, that gives me what one of my parishioners used to say, holy ghost bumps, when you really stop and think about it. Key number 10, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That shows discipline. Hebrews 12 5 and 6, it says this, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves. And we started off by saying this is a loving, caring relationship. Amen? Much like, like our earthly parents had a loving, caring relationship for us when we were small. So just like an earthly parent, our Heavenly Father corrects and rebukes and disciplines his children. Why? Because he loves them and he wants what is best for them. Think about that. God loves us so much that he will correct us and discipline us so that it works out for our good. Praise the Lord. Key number 11, now preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's hope. Our relationship with Christ gives us hope, not only for the future, but also in this very present world. I have hope because God loves me. I have hope because God is with me. I have hope because my life has meaning and purpose. I have hope because God tests me and he disciplines me into what he desires me to be. And I have hope because I know the heart of God. Now Paul says in Romans 5, to, uh, 5 2 through 5, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God and hope does not disappoint us 
because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Praise the Lord. Key number 12. Thou anointest my head with oil. That's consecration, which literally means to be set apart for God. Anointing oil poured over whatever was used to signify God's blessing and his approval. Thus, when a king was anointed, it signified uh, God's approval that this man was to be set apart for God's special purpose. I just said that we all have purpose. We all have a mission. Amen? Well, guess what? We're all set apart, too, if we're in Christ. God set you apart for something special. First Chronicles 23.13 says, Aaron was set apart, and he, was, he and his descendants forever, to consecrate the most holy things before the Lord, to minister before him, and to pronounce blessings in his name forever and ever. So the truth, if, if you have entered into this loving relationship with God through the person and the work of Jesus, you too right now are set aside for him. He approves you. You are sealed and adopted as the children of God. And that should get you just a little excited this morning. Amen? Oops, we, we fell asleep. Amen? That should get... I tell you, that gets me excited to know that I am a child of God, creator and sustainer of all life. What a privilege. What a privilege. Key number 13, my cup runneth over. That shows abundance. And uh, 2 Peter 1 through 3, 1, 3 and 4 says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for life, and godliness through our knowledge of him who, are called, who called us by his own glory and goodness. God, like we said, meets our needs and even more. In fact, God wants us to live life to the fullest. And if we are honest, we can count our many blessings, both physical and spiritual as well as emotional, we know that God gives us much more than just meeting our needs. There's, there's something special, if you will, in this relationship. And he gives in abundance so that we can live life to its fullest. And that's at the core of the heart of God. Key number 14 kind of goes along with key number 13. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And that is blessings. And as I thought about this point, do we even need to go far, farther beyond our, our salvation that God provides for us through Jesus to see God's blessing and his grace and his mercy? I don't believe so. For I need God's grace and mercy daily. So it's something that is always before me. Because see, of my sin, because of my sin, I deserve death. And here's the truth. So do you. But God's blesses, 
God blesses us with his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. So not of our own making, but of God's and this relationship that we're talking about from the heart of God, we stand righteous. One of my favorite verses is Ephesians 2, 4, which really it sums up the whole heart of God. It says this, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. What a blessing. Amen? Key number 15, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That is security. Again, if we are in Christ, if we keep and obey his word and we have that relationship, that loving, caring relationship with God, then we will dwell with God even after this life is over. Which leads us to our last point. Forever. That's eternity. Now, I'm not going to ask for raising of hands, but I know we all know John 3.16. And John 3.16 gives us the assurance of eternity, where it says, For God so loved the world. What did he do? He loved the world. He loved his creation, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. Faith in the person and the work of Jesus, the good shepherd of the 23rd Psalm, God's one and only, the only plan, really, to enjoy the heart of God. And it's the only plan for life ever after. Thus, the question this morning, uh, are any of you weary, frustrated, and troubled? Are you tired? fearful or worried, or maybe just flat-out angered at life, then you must come to the shepherd, and you must know the heart of God through him. Thus, as we close this morning, if there's anyone here that says, I'm not sure I really know the heart of God, I'm not, I'm not sure if I have that assurance, we're going to have prayer helpers over here by the organ again today. Come and, and seek them out and let them know that you want that relationship. You want to know the heart of God. You want to enjoy all the benefits. So when we close, I invite you to come. Come and enjoy those benefits. Thank you.